0: Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike Podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at Collective.com. Welcome to We Are Seeking Strike Podcast, a podcast for New Mexico soccer supporters, by supporters bringing you the latest end-to-end coverage on New Mexico United and New Mexico college women's soccer. I'm your host, Chris Walker, and joining me is Veronica Zavala. We recorded this episode actually in two segments this time, so you're catching uh, We Are Seeking Strike on a, I guess it would be a Saturday morning uh, by the time you hear it. Um, we're recording as a Friday night, and the segment with Patrick Baca and myself doing the Enchanted Eleven, we recorded that earlier in the week on Wednesday. Just a bit of a uh, different schedule for us here at Seek and Strike. Uh, Veronica was on travel. She was actually out here in New Mexico um, visiting uh, myself and friends. And so she, uh, you know, was not able to join us on the, on the Enchanted Eleven. And Um, and so we just kind of broke it up. So, um, hope you enjoy the episode and, uh, and so we'll get into that now. Okay. So, hey, like, uh, me and Patrick were talking about, uh, UCR and we had dropped your name, obviously, as, as you'll, the listeners will, will hear when that segment comes up. Um, but just wanted to get your take, um, on ucr uh just to kind of give you like a a couple minutes on it um what was it like catching the Lobos match in your own city in riverside
1: i mean it was it was pretty awesome um because i mean you know i've i've only seen seen them out there and i kind of tried to catch them last time they were out here and i wasn't able to make that match but then i was happy that you know i could make this one
0: Let's kind of crack into this episode. Uh, first off, we'll go to our normal area, just talking about the latest news in the USL. We have a couple of things to kind of drop. Um, just those who've been kind of tuning in, listening to what's going on with Orange County SC uh, and their fight for their home at Championship Soccer Stadium in Irvine. Uh, just recently, there was a uh, a council meeting or a city hall meeting as you can call it um a meeting with the with orange county sc with uh, the city of irvine uh manage management and um ultimately we won't bore you with the details but essentially or with with the i guess the theatrics of all that was said i mean you can certainly go online and, and find that um, but uh ultimately they passed the motion uh five five votes uh, to none Um, that uh, they will uh, extend Orange County uh, SE's tenancy at uh, Championship Irvine Stadium for another year. Um, They've directed staff to work collaboratively with Orange County SE for more community use of the stadium because it is obviously owned by the City of Irvine and they are removing the city's ability to terminate without cause in 2023 so that's really great because they won't have this situation come up out of the blue um, again Um, and then also the staff is going to draft a plan for artificial turf conversion uh, for um, championship soccer stadium so uh, another another field another pitch in the usl with with turf eventually. So, um, you know, that could be obviously a little bit of a change, uh, for orange County SC, as far as, you know, their players kind of getting used to that. And I'm sure it's going to look really nice, uh, probably better kept up obviously than, um, actual grass. And then what that, what that, uh, requires from a grounds crew. So I'm sure. They're just looking at, you know, um, ways to to utilize the budget correctly for them so getting off of that one um lately the usl uh has had a a little bit more news recently Uh, actually as of today um this uh friday today friday 16th should say getting my times all mixed up because it's like literally in between days now but
1: Saturday,
0: right? Uh, yeah, at this point Over in, there in, in New Mexico, four minutes past. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Friday, uh, the USL drops out the playoff schedule for the USL. Uh, they announced the um, presenting partner as well. It's uh, Hisense USA, which is Hisense is a headquarters in USA um, of Hissons, the uh, TV brand that's based out of China. And so they basically dropped out the schedule. The thing that we care about as far as USL Championship is concerned is that the USL Championship final will happen basically one week before uh, the first matches for World Cup. So, yeah, so that's really great, actually, because you're not going to have to worry about you know, who you're going to watch. So therefore, I think the USL is going to get um, the most viewership that it could get without competing for with other things because last year, I mean, the final was happening somewhere into, I believe, Thanksgiving weekend. And at the same time, there were still qualifiers happening for, uh, for uh, World Cup as well as I know um, during that time, um, there was also some activity with uh, with AFCON, uh, with Africa Cup of Nations a little bit. So uh, I think for the most part, it's just good that they were able to kind of schedule in such a way that where they were able to be done before before World Cup. So, I mean, that, that definitely is, is awesome. So uh, the dates, which you can find on the USL website, but we'll read them. Conference quarterfinals are on. October 21st through 23rd conference semi semifinals October 28th through 30th uh, conference finals, November 4th through 6th and the final on Sunday, November 13th. Um, looking at, looking at a calendar to kind of really look at what that looks like. It's basically um, a Friday to Sunday, um, combination uh, for the dates in October and also uh, in November. And so, um, you know, it's just great, the prime time. You're not going to miss matches, you know, Friday to Sunday, perfect time to just watch USL soccer. So maybe have a chance to watch both conferences if that's something that you're interested in. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's the thing going on with USL right now. Uh, Not too much more news other than it's the big playoff race. And so they have dropped an article about what every team's magic number is. And we'll get into that more as we talk about New Mexico United uh, on the back end uh, and the weekly part of the episode. Uh, So uh, that's pretty much it for the news this week. A little a little bear. Uh, Veronica, What, what? What? is your take on uh, just the resolve of the orange county situation and or um, the playoff schedule coming out
1: well i mean i know with orange county it's it's a good um i know that orange county is a huge success because um definitely a city manager you know i think his name is oliver chi was definitely trying to like put in a lot of uh, negative connotations about um, OCSE's relationship with the city. Everything from uh, late, late rent payments to them not totally being aware of of some things that were in contracts and stuff like that. So if you kind of follow a little bit on Twitter, they were kind of posting, you know, these uh, council city meetings, right? So definitely consider it a good thing that you know they voted for uh pretty much to to maintain into the 2023 season and all of the um what do we call those uh, not perks but <laughs> um additives to it right that they, right that they're that they're incorporating so hopefully this means that you know we'll have a good future they'll have a good future in irvine their relationship with the soccer team and Hopefully, it'll encourage the team to want to remain there and to, you know, definitely build. Regarding the schedule, it's pretty cool because, you know, you don't have to be deciding like what matches are you going to watch or what matches do you have to set aside for later. You know, um, in the past, sometimes there's that conflict. It's kind of cool to be able to enjoy one thing and then finish it and then enjoy World Cup.
0: Next, we're going to get into the Enchanted 11, our uh, New Mexico college women's soccer. Coverage. But before we do that, let's go to a break.
2: There was no chance of truly finding a way of stopping and not 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 being, not being. You, 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 you. Cause it the pack and i started having flashbacks yeah been a cycle just like the gas mask craft tracks like a madman keep the honeys happy with the handbags and stack money like sandbags i'm good with the numbers but hated math class now i'm only here to get the last laugh. Leave the past in the past because I'm past that, past that. Take a hit and take a trip to Baghdad. TSA thought I must have been an Afghan till I hit him with the Spanish laughing in my damn tan. I'm in the lab, pen and pad, why they bad grams? Now watch me roll the dice and double off a bad hand while my pants sag. A man's man, no hashtags. Yeah, I keep it grimy for my rap fans. Smooth is too easy too timely for the damn man. Plus my dude, grimy red dot, you like Japan's flag.
0: And we're back from the break. Patrick Baca joins me now. Uh, We're on this special segment of the Enchanted 11, which is a wonderful time for us to sit and talk about New Mexico college women's soccer, just giving the ladies a platform of their own, spending time talking about the latest match results, about the progress of the programs, and looking forward um, for what else we're gonna offer Uh, We might get a guest appearance from our other co-host, Veronica Zavala. She is currently traveling from New Mexico back to California. Um, She hopes to maybe get on towards the latter half of this episode. So if we get her, we'll definitely patch her in. Um, But uh, for now, you got me and Patrick. And Patrick on the table for this week's discussion. We've got Laundry Day in Las Cruces. Lobos California dreaming growing pains for the greyhounds and Highlands hanging on uh, so uh, so just kind of let's let's talk a little bit uh, how have you been enjoying watching um, collegiate women's soccer in New Mexico uh, namely lately
3: uh it's been good uh, sorry if I sound uh, super nasally and congested that's because I am uh we got some we got some good rain the last two couple of days down south and some good winds so uh the uh, last minute allergies have decided to wring their ugly head so <laughs> right I'm like, in, I'm in ba- challenge. I'm, yeah i've been battling that for today I, I didn't know how i was gonna make it through work <laughs> but uh but uh, it's been fun it's been uh it's been awesome being able to watch some girl soccer was, like we were mentioned earlier it's been nice that uh I got to mention this to a couple of coworkers uh, that uh, we've been trying to promote uh, a healthy discussion for women's soccer, specifically at the collegiate level. And uh, as a coach that I am, I get to study some more film and take take some notes to, to bring maybe to the high school level.
0: So what have you enjoyed the most? Um... What have you enjoyed the most? Uh, what well, what matches have you really enjoyed watching as far as women's college soccer is concerned?
3: Ah, uh, the two that stand out the most probably from our last episode, uh, the NMSU versus UTEP. Gotta love it, man! I always gotta love beating a rival. So, uh, and just in the fashion that they did it, look good. Uh, and then that Highlands and Eastern game looked really good, fun to watch. And you know, what? I've been enjoying watching uh, Eastern when I can get some other games. They look like a, they look like a team that's in the right spot. Uh, it's one definitely one of those. If we can't get the ball rolling now, it'll definitely be rolling next year. They look like they're in a solid spot.
0: Right. And so when you're telling people that you're that we're covering. Uh, New Mexico women's college soccer on this uh, new podcast show for seek and strike collective called the enchanted 11. Um, What's been their response lately?
3: Uh, You know, it's been a lot of like, wow, really? Like cool. And I, I just kind of go back to our first time that we kind of brought this on, right. Was we wanted to bring an area or bring a space to promote these ladies because um, they often go as the unsung heroes, right? Uh, right? Especially in New Mexico, we have a plethora of amazing talent uh, at the high school level that uh, tends to move up locally, especially like to the smaller schools like Eastern Highlands. Um, I mean, we even have some of our JUCOs like uh, University of the Southwest. Uh, that are out there. And we have some other smaller schools that that are here in New Mexico, you know, that uh, we'd love to, uh, hopefully, I'd love to cover at some point too. uh, Because I think uh, me as a New Mexican uh, has been, it's always been like, let's try and promote the good things in New Mexico. So um, giving them that space is just something cool. Like, uh, you know, and I love the sport. And I think we all love the sport. So it's always fun to talk about.
0: Right on. So if you were going to, Give a shout out to uh, some folks here on the Instagram. I know you want to go ahead and do a shameless plug for the alma mater. <laughs> go, go ahead and let them know what's up. Uh,
3: uh well, first of all, go Aggies. Uh, you guys can't. I don't know if you can see me on the live, but you know I always got to have my Aggie stuff for the day. I'm working on getting my Highlands and Eastern gear. Uh, uh, okay. You will never see me in cherry red, but. Um, <laughs> I, at least I, yeah I gotta stay toxic man um, uh, but um, you know what well, first thing uh, obviously like this is this is cool i I hope that we get more people it'd be cool to get uh maybe some other high school coaches around the state and see if they've been able to catch some of the games what they think about some of their ladies moving up you right. know um, I know. Siebel has got a great program down here in the South. We have Las Cruces that's been tearing it up um, and uh, maybe kind of see what they're looking like. And then um, uh, also I'm just going to ask uh, kind of down here, this isn't, this is the other football related, but uh, right. Oregon mountain, one of the high schools down here in the South, I don't know if you were able to see that uh, one of their football players suffered a pretty bad accident uh, oh, right man. now. And so asking for the love and prayers, not, not my school that I'm at, coaching at but um definitely the southern part of new mexico rallying together around uh, right mr romero down here and uh hoping you're hoping you're getting better man we're all praying for you and up north i hope you guys pray for uh pray for him and uh give him your thoughts give the family out there
0: that's right we'll definitely keep him in our thoughts and prayers and definitely yes uh, and well wishes and uh, if anyone um listening to this or maybe has a uh, direct connect definitely uh just uh, let them know. Whatever we can do to help, we'll definitely put that message out. And uh, however we can assist.
3: My favorite part about New Mexico is that we're all a community, and I love that that United gives us that platform too. So, always looking out. That's right. That's
0: right. So mm, we got a couple things on the on the on the table this week. I definitely want to jump let's in. So let's let's go ahead and start. Uh, down in Las Cruces. Uh, apparently it's been laundry Day the last couple of weeks and uh, and how are we looking this week? I know the New Mexico State Aggies played against the Nevada Wolf pack, right? right? Um, so Great game. Uh, yeah, right. and so uh, so so tell us a little bit about this this match. Uh,
3: definitely uh, definitely the foot that you want to leave off of take that momentum into uh, conference play. Uh, it took a little bit to, I don't want to say a little bit, took took about five, ten minutes to kind of jumpstart a little bit. They started getting off some shots uh, moving into the first half, but definitely gave Nevada some headaches. Uh, and it just kind of seemed like for Nevada, too, that they had they had some good opportunities. Like, don't get me wrong, they had some great opportunities, but it felt like one of those na- days where there's a brick wall covering all the other spots that uh, a keeper can't cover and, Sometimes your post is your best friend. So I mean uh, Nevada definitely
0: seemed to have like good footwork.
3: Yeah, and, definitely. In the first
0: in the first half,
3: good I, movement too.
0: Yeah. In the first half, I thought, wow, Nevada's like real tough. Like there's that physicality there. I mean, you know, the Aggies have obviously seen this from the other Aggies, right? And right. but, but it was like they had good footwork, they had like, like you said, good ball movement. And for the most part, just good presence um, in that uh, attacking half, the the final third. A little, you know, it, things were definitely very chippy in the, the, the middle third, too.
3: Yeah, definitely with uh, Bianca picking up that uh, picking up that yellow, too. A lot of fouls. Uh, you yeah, know. this one was definitely uh,
0: like, like I said, it was like an like AEW on the pitch. Yeah,
3: oh yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it was ugly, but it was definitely... There was definitely some some aggression there. I don't know if it was the Aggies trying to prove a point or if it was Nevada saying, like, hey, this is a scoreline that shouldn't really be happening.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, early on, right, Bianca Chacon gets his – gets Bianca Chacon, she gets her third goal of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zitali Hernandez assists that goal. Uh, and let's let's even just talk about that. I mean – I mean, has been like, she was like real busy in this match.
3: Three assists for the day. Yeah. Um, I was gonna bring this up later on uh, when you know talking about moving forward, but right there, there was a there was a reason why she was picked as a all whack player at the beginning of the season, the preseason all whack player, uh, and that three assists, not in the whack, but shows you why she was voted a preseason favorite. So.
0: Right, and I mean, she, you know, how many times did Duke Keith say she's the shortest person on the pitch? Yeah, but she was like very aggressive, and yes. like I mean, there was certainly uh, so that's that's my cat Charlie <laughs> agree agreeing with me <laughs> that that Zitali was like very aggressive while he's trying to show his own aggression on my <laughs> pantry, pantry, but uh, but yeah, like I just thought to myself, like man, like like so definitely for her she doesn't feel like she's the shortest person on the pitch. Oh, definitely not. You know. And
3: and, and, and uh she plays big, you know, like she right. plays. Uh, and we saw that in like the UTEP game too. She uh I believe she she had one assist in that game. Um but uh and someone that we kind of I don't want to say that we skipped over, but definitely puns I learned from your puns, but definitely looked over. Um, uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely like one of those players that now are really getting a chance to shine a little bit, especially in the threes. This game that makes you makes you look good, and she's a senior, so why not put it all up on the floor? Yeah, I mean, she needs to go ahead
0: and just have like a have a fun season, you know, and just just put it out there. I mean, you know. This is how you go from playing on Thursdays and Sundays to playing, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, right? Um, So
3: On ESPN, man. uh That's that's the way we're looking at it.
0: Nonetheless, right? Go ahead and load up her profile from college to pros.
3: And, Uh, you know, it's funny that you say fun because I don't think that was something that we mentioned that, like, for the Aggies, it just looks like they're having fun. Like, of course, winning is fun, right? right. Like, everybody loves to win. But um, the Aggies look like they're just having fun
0: yeah i mean they're they're balling out and you know when when you have a nevada team come in that they felt big and stout right i mean obviously and they're trying to make a statement against you know this team right and then they're down by a goal through the majority of this match and there's they're just trying to find a way in and then of course before that triad of goals, like, rake in, like, in the 75th, like, through, you know, eighth minutes, like, Nevada's trying. Like, they're putting out all the stops. Like you said, it was physical. There were bodies getting bodied.
4: People were getting
3: thrown around.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like that. And, like, Nevada was trying to get in behind, Um, The Aggies, they were trying to to play the wide sides of the pitch and trying to find some dangerous spaces. But I mean, the thing that that you have to love about um, some of these these teams is when their forwards are playing deep um, into, like, you know, the mid the mid third or the defensive third. And they're chasing down, you know, they're they're marking the other forwards in such a way. And, they're it's, not just and it's sitting crazy. up there waiting for like for the ball that's gonna like go out front, you know what I mean? They're like they're yeah. playing playing defense as well.
3: But it definitely feels like that Nevada team after that minute that uh, sixth, seventh minute goal goes in, um, you could tell that they were definitely like, We're not, we shouldn't be down right now, like, right? Um, I'm not saying that they're better than NMSU. but they what? definitely
0: had the attitude to that the- was like, Yo. This isn't right. Yes. Look exactly. at the rest of our schedule or you know, along those lines.
3: And they played with that they played with that attitude. So um and you know, I, I think that's good for the Aggies mm-hmm. uh, because conference play is gonna feel exactly like that. And you picking up a four four nil win going into conference play, having a game kind of feel like a conference game. I think that's gonna that'll spark something.
0: So three straight clean sheets. At home too. At home, right? Like, wow, you know, just wow. I mean, Rob Bartz has got to be pleased. I mean, I know I read a little bit of his quotes, and he was just saying that the style that they play um, allows for them to be able to have or score late in the game. So you can bank that the Aggies are definitely trying to say, "Hey, we're we're a ninety minute team," and you know whether we whether we're down early or we're not we're still trying to score like goals even in the latter half of the game we're, we're not really looking to park the bus here
3: right and you know it also uh, uh it also looks like uh he trusts his 11 uh he gets his good subs in there uh, and then I mean, they come back in and they're ready to go. Like you know, right. he made he made some decent he made some early changes, but uh, the the early changes seem to work out in the better form. It it definitely definitely helps. So uh, so you could tell that he he trusts his uh, his eleven to get get out, get some breathers in, and then get them back in there, and mm-hmm. and then really turn in turn in the. Uh, Turn in those minutes, and even those bench players come out. Uh, They may not be getting the starting nod, but uh, they're definitely ready to – there is no uh, – how do you put it? Uh, Style change between substitutions because we know that we have players that have different dynamics, and sometimes you kind of have to move pieces around to get get the right fit for them, for them to really produce. But it seems like Bartz is picking uh, the right players to play – seamlessly together and that's i think that's where they're having fun is that you don't have any disjointedness at the moment so
0: well and and the fun never dropped off right i mean like you know usually when you know you have these subs come in you think oh okay well now they don't have you know chacon they don't have mcneese right they don't don't have have sydney right yeah you know this is a, a good time to strike but the consistency as you pointed out um, from players coming on is that you know the 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 game plan is still in, in in play like everything's still in motion and uh you know if anything else if anything you know players coming on are like yo well, i'm trying to get on the score sheet too
3: yeah i'm trying to and then i'm trying to put in a starting spot for that for that conference game like you know uh yeah. and so it really seems like he's trusting his pieces to work together and that's Honestly, that's like I said. This is a good game to look at going towards uh, towards whack play, and so well c- and, kudos to them.
0: Right, and so and so let's talk about it. Right, so New Mexico State Aggies are getting ready to play Utah Valley, and we know Utah Valley. I was doing a little reading up on them, and they are uh, sitting number five on the United Soccer's Coaches Poll right now. Ah, uh, they just got a defeat over number thirteen BYU, which, you know, in your in your hateration of uh, of the cherry and silver, uh, the Lobos played BYU uh, in the first round of the dance last year, mm-hmm. and so you know that that one got away quick from them. But like, you know, I mean, they had a good fight for the first half, but you see, this Utah Valley team is certainly kind of putting in like I looked at their schedule and they played some ranked teams to really try to make a statement. And so I think the Aggies playing them, um, if they can kind of continue the results they've had in non-conference would be a really big statement win for them, um, especially just beating a number 13 and playing uh number 18 Alabama too, who, you know, obviously was in the dance. So like whoever built Utah Valley's schedule is like,
3: they, they definitely grew from last year. Definitely a team that uh, uh, looks to progress, and I think they were really building for this year. Uh, I'm not too too much uh, familiar with uh, Utah Valley, but I too uh, was looking at some games to circle for whack play, and that's mm-hmm. that's it's the first one. So that's <laughs> got to be circled. So, um, get a good result. Um, they, uh, you know, what's funny is that that BYU win for Utah Valley means so much more because, uh, being the basketball school that New Men- New Mexico state is selfish plug there for the Aggies, uh, <laughs> 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 Is uh you hear a lot of talk in the whack about how BYU is uh a little afraid to play Utah Valley in basketball. So I wonder if those girls went in with that kind of same mentality, like, hey, we're not afraid of anybody and you get a good result, right? You beat BYU. <laughs>
4: so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I think I think what it does, I mean if we're honest, is it just looks like a real nice juicy steak kind on of a plate. Oh yeah. It's like, ooh, we just got these three clean sheets in a row. And we're scoring. Right? We're scoring goals. Like, like we're not no longer even talking about that exhibition match against Highlands anymore. Right. We're you know, we know that we can still score goals because of what they've been doing. And so to see that Utah Valley on the schedule first thing, like you just know if they can like if they can continue the dominance they've shown, like maybe the folks that, you know, did the preseason rankings or, you know, the conversations that were being had will have to go, oh, well, Aggies are Aggies are showing something that maybe we didn't know that they had.
3: And, uh, yeah, and just kind of going back to that, uh, um, Utah Valley and uh, Grand Canyon were the top two teams uh, and then uh, NMSU is picked at five for the preseason whack poll. So, um, definitely looking at if it's Utah Valley at home, you have those three clean sheets, mm-hmm. three good goals games. One of them's a rival. Mm-hmm. One of them, you beat a team that probably should have fought a little bit more, maybe scored a couple of times and made that game a little bit closer in Nevada, but beaten uh, beating, uh Beating a Nevada team like that, 4-0, is, like I said, this is a a good spot for the Aggies. And I think um, if they have that same mentality of those pieces work, these shots work, these plays work, um, definitely going to be looking at the underdog here in in this one. But uh, you never know. Uh, a Utah Valley win early too probably sets you up for a good run in in some whack play.
0: Right. Um so let's let's t- let's go from here. We're gonna jump into uh we'll jump into Eastern New Mexico actually. Um you know and this Greyhound team, you know, this one's interesting because I mean they definitely they're definitely uh fighting, right? I mean they're definitely still trying to I think find their identity. You know, of course they have a pair of wins from non conference play over CSU Pueblo and of course over Highlands. Um, you know, and and I I mean, but every other team they have played, you know, it is it's gone the other way and and the matches, all the matches on the schedule have definitely been decided as a clean sheet one way or the other. Um but of course, you know, they have just pretty much just they just haven't really been able to find like that that comeback goal, if you will, right Like they've you know, these other schools have maybe presented physicality. Um, we can talk about Fort Lewis as the first match. Uh, the result was a was a two nil loss to Fort Lewis and, and this thing uh, was very interesting when I watched this match because you know, within like the first half, Fort Lewis just put two, amazing shots on goal and these these were literally like bangers in the upper upper 90 samantha Jeffries, the goalkeeper for eastern you know she had eight saves in the game but those two just weren't the ones that she saved and they just got away and i just i didn't i guess when that's happening i'm like i mean these shots were taken from outside the 18 so i was like well is this the timing thing, or is this just like there's just some parts of them that you just can't reach? Like you know what I mean. As
3: as a keeper, I will tell you there are sometimes that some shot you look at it and you're like, ah, buddy, I can get in that one. So <laughs> <laughs> I tip my hat tip my hat to you, and I'll yell at my defense for not doing a better job. But uh, but no, I I think that uh, I think I noticed that too. In uh, one of the other games that I caught uh, for Eastern was. Um, it's not that there's a lack of fight. I think that there is definitely the urgency to get back into a game. I just I think you're looking for that one person of who is going to be that one person that gets you into that game because we all have those players that we all have those players that we're looking for. Like we can look at United, we're looking at uh, Moreno or bees to put us back into the game, right? Right. And so uh, we know like, hey, we're down 2-0. Two, two uh, we're down one zero. Bees is gonna get us right back in. Just give him some space, and I doesn't feel like Eastern has quite found that person yet. Right. So. Yeah, they because they score. They can score goals. We know they can score goals. Oh yeah, we've right? seen them do
0: it. Um, we've seen them do, and we know their style. They like definitely want to get in the box. Now, this game against Fort Lewis was, um, this one was real interesting because it was like see what did i record here um just no shots for eastern new mexico um they they only had one shot in the whole the whole match um no shots on goal and fort lewis put up 20 shots 10 on goal so this was that sort of game for eastern new mexico couldn't get in the box and you know the way they played against Highlands is as we have we discussed in previous episode uh, is that they really do like to crash the box and, and bring numbers up and and obviously make the keeper have to make a bad decision. But in this one, it was like Fort Lewis just did not even let them get in, in there inside, and there was no one who was you know stepping up to take like you know long range shots you know to try to make make things interesting you know, and they just couldn't seem to get in behind fort lewis in this case um but i think that the things that that they're pointing out and think we have to keep we have to remember too is eric, eric belcher is a new coach for this them year. for the for this year for them and i mean obviously you know he they're working together right like they're they're wanting to obviously buy in to what the vision is right and of course you know, he's still learning what he has on the roster, right? I mean, we saw him when when they were playing Highlands and they were going through the offside trap. And there were so many, you know, times that the Greyhound were off, offside. He was sticking subs in there. He was trying to make changes. He was trying to figure out, like, hey, how what are works? we doing? What's that?
3: Yeah. Have, what works? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes so I mean, you have to experiment.
0: Yeah, and I mean – here's this, you know, I mean, he's, you know, I don't know, I'm sure, I mean, obviously we know he's going to watch film and scout the teams, right, that, that they're coming up against, but, you know, like, you just have that first time, I'm thinking, you know, like, you just going to have to, it's just kind of trial, trial yeah. and error, and, you know, as, as we're talking, I mean, pace, pace has been a thing in some of these matches, like, hey, some teams just got some, some speedsters up front, you know, and. You know, some some of the girls just got excellent footwork. You know, who knows how many hours they are in front of their the driveways, you know, like perfecting right. shots or, you know, I mean, you know, some some of these young ladies like have like they're like the, the they're like the Kobe or the Jordan like on the pitch, you know, like, right. fancy footwork, like cry of turns, like, you know what I mean? Probably got fadeaway jumper. P.K. shots for all I know, Paninkas and everything. <laughs> you
3: know what I'm saying? Like just, yeah. the, back, the back heel FIFA goals.
0: Right. You just, you know, and, and so I think with Eastern New Mexico, I think for me, the thing I keep thinking is like, man, you know, like I said, all, all these matches have been decided as a clean sheet. It's either Eastern New Mexico comes up, their physical – um and they're able to kind of put their mark on early. Uh, one thing I did see in both of the games, this one in the MSU, or Metropolitan State uh, University of Denver game, uh, the one where they, they lost 1-0 on that one, is that, like, um, they just conceded corners, really. And and I think that, you know, whether or not the corners dictate the game is another thing. Like, in the Fort Lewis game, they didn't really dictate the game because the goals were taken from outside the eighteen or the shots were made, you know, from outside the 18, but <clears throat> that obviously does dictate the, the run of play at some point when you're conceding mm-hmm. corners, because it, it takes away what you might have been doing on the attack for a while.
3: Right. And I think one of the interesting things, too, is that they didn't really play... Like, Highlands didn't really seek any corner kicks in that game when they played Highlands. I think they only had, like, two or three in that one. And so... um I think, for a first-year coach. Like, I think he's doing a fantastic job. And I think that was, like, something that I mentioned before. It's, like, he's definitely built himself some girls that, uh, like you said, are buying into into the philosophy. uh, And uh, it's one of those things of you're definitely not counting out your season yet. There's plenty of games to still play. But um, it's definitely looking like one of those things of, I need to write this down because when this season ends, I need to go find me a goal scorer and who's going to do it when I need it in crunch time. And when we just need to put the pedal to the floor and put up 15
0: or whatever. Right. Exactly. Well, and and we'll, we'll have, we're going to have Eric Belcher head coach, Eric Belcher on the show. Um, We'll, we're going to know we were going to have him on probably in the weeks to come and, you know, kind of get to know him a bit and, you know, and really talk more about his his coaching strategy and just, you know, what he brought into this program and, you know, and and, and get more, I guess, under the hood. Right. And so, um, so we'll, we'll have that uh, for uh, the listeners and, and for ourselves really, you know, because I think it's, you know, it's, it's one thing for us to be able to like watch these um, games and get on these, these shows and, and talk about and give our reactions to, what we saw and, and what could have been different. It's another thing to have the head coaches on and to, you know, be able to like, chat, you know, yeah, chat, learn their likeness and, you know, and, and, and essentially uh, adopt a little bit of their uh, methodology, right? Their, you know, how they see it. And I think that also will help us to, uh, you know, maybe focus on some things we could be missing. I mean, right. right? As far we as it's, just it's,
3: spectators ourselves, right.
0: That is right. We are just lovers of the beautiful game.
3: Uh, yes, we are just spectators, <laughs> and it's always great. I think it's always great to um, have someone come in and then say, like, you know, hey, this is what we were trying to do, and it didn't work or it worked, and we just couldn't get anything out of it. Or, right. You know, it's always nice to get that point of view, and so well, I'm excited for that. That'll be awesome.
0: Yeah. So next, let's talk on uh, uh, New Mexico Highlands uh, University. So Cal Girls uh, played Northwestern Oklahoma State. Um, this one was a nil four loss and I'm just going to tell you off the top, you know, my, uh, my inner 13 year old self was like NWO. <laughs> I was yes. like, Hey, all right. Hey, I like new, this place already. <laughs> new, 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 new world order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So, um, so let's hop into this one, right? Like Highlands, you know, obviously still still looking for I think that initial win. They've had a lot they've played a lot of opponents, right? This non-conference play, I'm convinced that, that they are going to they're they they may surprise a lot of folks in conference play because you know, sometimes the non-conference like we've talked about, it's like it's like adding extra weight right doing right like adding extra weight doing less reps it is like just building muscle memory and some strength and knowing that the minute that you take off like that additional weight and then you're just doing like you know less weight and more reps you're just like boom just blasting through and i feel like like they are i would say and we'll talk like as we go into our next segment eventually but like I just think that they're they're set to like really surprise some folks, like and really come out because they're already been really working on that offside trap, which continues mm-hmm. to stifle the opponents. Like continues to stifle them. Like they can't figure it out. You've got teams that have to shoot from outside thirty to even like have a chance. So that means that this team that just hasn't found scores mm-hmm. is certainly, you know, keeping the easy ball from happening.
3: Right. And I think one of the things that Highlands has going for them is, like you were saying, do like, we the, they have the ability to, they know what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think the thing is just execution, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that they, um, I believe, I believe this is her second year as head coach? First or second year this as head is... coach? Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it's her second year. So you've we're, got a lot. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Um uh we'll get me fact checked and I could be completely wrong. Watch. Um <laughs> but um you know definitely somewhere they, they have a game plan in mind now just execute, right? Play play that midfield ball and see see how much you can expose. I think one of the big things that I've seen from High, the Highlands games is um the connection that tends to get skipped over in the midfield. And uh, really playing, um, playing maybe to the outside and then getting to your forwards, or playing in the mid. Um, but I'm just like we said, I'm just an onlooker. That's what I see. Uh, the game plan could be completely something different. But uh, defensively, we know that Highlands has their game plan set, and now we just have to wait to see uh, where they pick up that first win and what that offensive style looks like when you get that first win.
0: Right on. And so just to uh, come back with a fact check for you, uh, Bianca Contreras Edwards, uh, the head soccer coach for New Mexico Highlands University, um, she entered her first season as co- head coach uh, of the program in 2019.
3: Oh, see, I'm way off
0: then. And she spent the, the previous four seasons from that point as an assistant coach. Um, and and she had uh, – she played for the Cowgirls in 2011, so she's definitely... Uh, been
3: around the program.
0: Yeah, yeah, she definitely has. So uh, so that's a little bit about her. Uh, I think it'd be great to have her on the show, too, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I would love to, to really learn more about what she's been doing with the Cowgirls. I mean, I think there's, like I said, I think there's just so much more that meets the eye. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we had uh transformers right Transformers. damn dude
3: man, <laughs> man i gotta
0: hold on <laughs> write it down write writing
3: it down. another one down. I, I
0: just think the Cowgirls transform if you will to <laughs> in this season and uh and, and we're gonna see something you know and um because i said like they're they're disciplined on that offside trap like that is literally like we saw it on eastern new mexico we saw it on um they just play I saw it on uh, northwestern uh, or northwestern Oklahoma State uh, for a minute like they definitely put it on on them too like kept them on the outside and and so if you have that part together right okay so maybe it's just on the keeper to like time out the balls that are coming in like that if the defenders can't step on it and you know keep those shots from happening. Um, Then on the other side, it's like, okay, now they just need to figure out, like, they they just need to advance through the midfield. And they aren't a team that hoops it over the top. They're a team that runs through the middle for the most part, you know, and just advances the ball, plays, you know, has indirect plays and triangular play going on. That's them, you know what I mean? And so I just think that at some point, Uh, they're really going to be able to execute kind of taking a word from you and really be able to put uh, more balls uh, in the net. You know what I'm saying? So I just think think that there's something more coming for them.
3: I think when we see that first win, like I was saying, I think when we see that first win, we'll see definitely, because like you said, we want to see them impose their will in the midfield. It just feels like in that spot, That like um, in the Eastern game that just feels like where they lost most of the balls and that's, you know, and then uh, we can look at their uh, uh, the previous game that escapes my mind Um, oh man it escapes my mind, I'll look at it later but uh, definitely one where you were trying to get your two center midfields uh, and keeping the triangular play going forward Um, and then it just kind of stifles, right? Like Right. You're trying to get some shots off, probably not the best looked shots, uh, but uh, maybe looking for that that final pass or that one spot, right? And I think I'm with you. I think we're in store to see some good stuff from Highlands in in conference play, and uh, um, I, I mean, very excited maybe, to watch it.
0: Right, and well, and Chaminade was a tough team, so I mean, oh, yeah, you have to think about it like non-conference play. Isn't always like, hey, we're gonna schedule a bunch of cupcake teams and just beat these teams, and then people are gonna think that we're super tough, and then we hit conference play and we're like five-two and five or something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like non-conference play is supposed to be challenging, you know. From for I'm sure for a lot of institutions or schools like programs like they are like, okay, you know what? Like, like take the Utah Valley. Yeah, we're gonna play against number eighteen Alabama and number thirteen BYU um you know we're going to we're going to you know like strength of schedule is going to come into play yeah these okay. were non conference games but hey we want to just go ahead and and try to you know let the top 25 know what's up right to to consider us when the dance comes around that hey we had these quality wins back in the day you know and so i think for each program that's what you got you're like hey well, this is what we're going to put on our preseason schedule these are some good teams they have different styles you know, I mean, I think that's what you have to do. And, I mean, I don't see a Highlands or an Eastern New Mexico going. I mean, like, obviously, based on the the divisions they're in or the, you know, divisions of, in today, or of soccer that they're in, they're not obviously putting any teams that were on the dance on their schedule. But, I mean, for like, as we're talking about, like, New Mexico State and like the Lobos, you know, like, you know, would would those teams want to go? Hey, let's play against Florida State or Santa Clara. I'm sure, like, it's ideal, right? I mean, we know the Lobos played against like Rutgers, and and that was quite the game. I mean, you know, it wasn't right. it wasn't like any sort of a blowout. Rutgers didn't come in and and put up six and make it silly. Like it was, you know, they got they got one and they were held to one. Like you right. know, and and I think that, you know, that's why I say for Highlands, you know, these teams have had sort of like, you know, they've had the authority on their pitch, but not without being challenged, not without being held from being able to get into that final third, not, you know, there's definitely something there. And, and I think that what Bianca is going to have discovered, and uh, I hope, I'm sure we're going to, we're going to see it, you know, especially when they kick off against Regis next week or, or on on their next match, I mean, um, is that, they've been working on how to put balls in the net right mainly
3: and they get regis on friday oh that's right so it's this friday friday home game uh they get regis um definitely something something to look forward to definitely looking uh, for friday fun for some fun fun day
0: yeah highlands and regis friday that'll be nice that'll be nice
3: so, at, at home game, I think you start off on a good foot. I think Regis is a good first opponent for them. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> – let me go
0: look. Regis is <laughs> ranked seventh. They were ranked seventh um, in uh, – what was it? To finish in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Okay. So, that's, that's where they were picked.
3: They are currently sitting at – where's their record? I'd like to, I'd like for some of these websites to be a little bit easier <laughs> to manage
0: right I agree
3: I do like their little loading screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they are currently sitting at one four and one with the, yeah. with a win over Midwestern State University of hmm. Texas okay so other than that uh, they've got uh, they had a top 25. Uh, opponent in uh, Angelo State University, right, uh, and uh, lost one nil. So, not uh, so not a bad, not a bad uh, scoreline, but definitely a good mark. If if you're Highlands, you're looking at this game saying, "This is our first opportunity to make some noise, so let's go rattle some cages," right? So,
0: hmm. you you look at that. That's that's an excellent pun.
3: Thank you. I've learned from the best.
0: <laughs> well, and then lastly, let's 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 take it back up north. Let's talk, uh, or I guess north of, of Cruces at that. Uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk about the Lobos, right? So the Lobos, you know, out in the California Sun uh, this week, they were, uh, they they had two matches. They played uh, UC San Diego, and they played uh, UC Riverside. The UC Riverside match, I think is a they i think i want to say they played ucr last year as well um so this is like a second match with them um i thought this this was a good set for the lobos they had already obviously made a little noise with san diego state and uh, that mountain west conference play you know i, I wouldn't doubt it if uh, san diego state coaches weren't at the ucsd game in fact trying to get a little early season scouting in mm-hmm. um the San Diego San Diego game, uh, I had it framed kind of like this. I was like, uh, you know, your their number one assignment was to keep the number one goal scorer for the team, like literally out of out of harm's way. <laughs> like, right. like, hey, look, you see Jade Edwards number twenty six. Like, okay, so she shouldn't get the ball. Don't get, don't let her have it anywhere outside the eighteen. If she's gonna get a touch, it's in the mid middle uh, third, if you will and you know let's just go ahead and double her maybe even triple her because at times it definitely felt like everyone was like yo let's just get Jaden," because if we can get her there's no goals coming out of the rest of the team
3: yeah definitely i feel like uh for that um for the san diego game i felt like they uh I think that they did. A, I, I think for both these games, actually, for the, the California, the little California trip, I do enjoy the California dreaming. The California uh, IA dreaming. Yes. <laughs> uh, back. <laughs> you you said NWO, so now I'm going back to the good old uh, uh California love. Oh, what I was thinking.
4: That okay. Was, okay. I
3: like go, it. Going full circle on our puns here today, folks. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, definitely good. For, for the Lobos uh that San Diego thing the San Diego game I think that they uh, I, I I think that they did well I think they did well and I think that for the UCR game they definitely found themselves in a hole early but right. uh, found a way to climb out of it pretty quick and I'm pretty sure they outshot UCR at, at that game uh, uh, yeah
0: they did They outshot UCR uh, 14 to eight Um yeah, so that San Diego game was interesting because like I said, okay, yeah, number one assessment, keep Jaden out of out of danger dangerous spots. And I mean they did a good job with that. They literally, I think, did probably frustrate uh, you know, Heather Dyke a little bit because it was like, Okay, well, you know, like okay, we can't get her in. But then I think to me, this is just my own my own thought about it was like, Okay, well, look if if two or three people are gonna literally come to like Jaden, then we're gonna use that against them, and we're gonna just make her a decoy. We're gonna put her in spots, and then we're gonna free up other players, right? right. I mean, you know, and I feel like case in point, they were covering uh, Jaden, or really just you know, you know, babysitting her so well that you know Zaria Cadesigo was able to get a goal like in two minutes into the match. I mean, Leilani like Baker sent a through ball. And she was able to put it on net. And it was real aggressive because, like, Zarya was coming straight at the keeper 1v1. There was another player trying to make a pass, like, on Zarya's, like, right-hand side. And, like, I mean, so, okay, that lane was obviously occupied if anyone was trying to make a run, like, deep into the box. But Zarya was like, yo, I'm coming right at you. And literally just put it by her. And it was was a beauty of a goal. Um, And then through the rest of the match, it just seemed like, you know, the Lobos were definitely kind of commanding um some offense for a little while, but like, you know, they really did just keep, you know, they they tried to keep Jaden off of it. They were successful for a good minute too. It was, you know, like I, I felt I felt uh I felt some sort of way. I was like, oh man, like Jaden like it's just like you know good girl good girl Duke City like you know they were just not they were they were like we're gonna keep you out out of of the danger right and yeah. so so the other thing that was interesting too though is that the Lobos were playing a high press right when they weren't in possession and so that left a lot of gaps open and uh, in, in their defending third to where UCR was I'm sorry UC San Diego I was getting my games mixed up UC San Diego was. Certainly trying to kind of get into some of those spaces. And they they were successful to be in dangerous places, but they just really couldn't capitalize. And I mean UCSD had 14 shots to the Lobos 12. Right. Um, but I think at some point, um, whether this was on the pitch decided or Heather or Heather or Coach Heather Dyke decided this, they stopped doing the the um, high press, like in the middle third, they stopped that. And, you know, obviously they they regained a little dominance in their their defensive third. And that, that, to me, was a necessary change because, you know, that is what eventually stifled San Diego from being able to try to make a comeback, right? And the game kind of switches to where eventually Jaden Edwards does find, like, her next goal, right? Where number six? Yeah, number, number six. Number six. six. Yeah, number six. Like Paris Dalton takes a corner, puts it in the box. Jaden Edwards gets a head on it. Boom! There it is, number six. So you failed, San Diego, because tough. They're their holding. <laughs> I swear. If not, I guarantee you, a part of that game plan was don't let don't let Jaden on the wall. <laughs> just don't even do it, and and get get Leilani Baker too. While you're at it, like don't even. Don't even let her get it. Like, they were just looking at the stat sheet going, these are the only people with goals. Like, if they don't get any goals, then no one else is going to get one. Yeah, and nobody one else is. Gonna... And let's
3: be honest. Like, UNM's forwards are probably the most lethal forwards. Yeah. It, it, right. I didn't say this, but they're probably the most lethal forwards in New Mexico right now. Right? <laughs> so. Um,
0: Another guy named Patrick Baca. Yeah,
3: so my <laughs> evil twin uh, said something like, so ridiculous. Oh. Uh but they are like let's 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 call a spade a spade and uh, uh Jaden and Leilani, I think definitely put you in positions to win games when you if you put them in the right in the right spot, right? And if your right. game plan like if you're San Diego and you're saying you're not gonna touch the ball, I think that's a perfect game plan. Fantastic game plan. We're gonna I'd, start. Be call- I, I'd be I would be calling Bart right now if the NMSU is playing you and I'd be like, hey you you <laughs> know. Don't so we'll let him touch the ball. We're
0: going to so, start, start calling the forwards for UNM. We're going to start calling them the uh, South Southwestern Side Connect.
3: <laughs> yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> South,
0: Southwest Side Connect. Yes. <laughs> the, the SWC.
3: <laughs> uh, but definitely those two are the ones that you want to look out for. Like, like San Diego did. They did, a, for the most part, I thought that they did a pretty good job of keeping them From progressing through that middle, that middle part of the field, and really allowing them to get into those uh, creative spaces, right? So, um, like I said,
0: San Diego State watched that game. I'm sure they did. Oh yeah. If they weren't, if they weren't in attendance, because I mean, look, if you're a coach and your team's not playing, like you know, you're sitting in that stand, watching some popcorn. I can neither confirm
3: nor deny said sentiment.
0: Yeah, 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 you're, you're – because you're, <laughs> you're a coach. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, I can confirm more than my
0: Well, and so that that to me, listeners, if you did not watch the UNM uh, versus UC San Diego game, go back and watch that one. That one's worthwhile. Like I said, we we may have told you the score line, but that, that one was just good to watch overall. Uh, Lobos were trying to bounce back from – you Know from a previous week where matches didn't necessarily go their way, and I thought that was a strong one to start off the California trip. Um, then they played UCR, and like you said, uh, this a one's watch too. Yeah, this one was a good one too. I mean, UCR has some players that can play. Um, Veronica, uh, I had gotten a message from her, she won't be on the show, but she did say, you know, going to this match that it was just. It, you know, for one, the atmosphere was there. I mean obviously you know all the New Mexico parents uh, you know traveled and then there were a good amount of student and family there for UCR and, and you know and I think UCR uh, fans for the most part were just like who's New Mexico? I think that's kind of the way they took that that match. Until you know, obviously, New Mexico found their it's way back New
3: Mexico, in. a state,
0: <laughs> right? Found their way back into the match. This one was a good one, though. Um, you know, uh, start early on, like UCR up 2 0, right? I mean, they found there were some beautiful goals, some bangers, right? Certainly, right. certainly that. Um, but UNM was certainly playing their game and. And I think you like you like it. You like seeing when a player like Sophia Roberts, who is, you know, I think uh, don't have her class. I think she might be a sophomore. I got you. I okay. Got you we'll you check.
3: check it I'm going to fact check you this
0: time. Okay. You check it out. You check it out. But Sophia Roberts steps up unassisted uh, in the 80th minute and finds herself in the net with just an amazing rope um ultimately it was just it was a great goal to watch um and that definitely uh put the lobos back on the board but they weren't done because six minutes later uh carly mays with a a a free kick as a set piece from god way out man this far yeah carly mays just man if there's anyone who's doing like who's trying to shoot shots from like half court. If you in for this center circle, it's her, right? She just has the length of, of of the pitch for for what she does, and so she sends like this amazing ball in uh, as a cross into the box. Leilani Baker gets up. I mean, we're talking Leilani Baker has speed. Uh, this girl is like just like she's the Phantom Menace. Like we should just call her that, but. Yeah. She gets up, like, she has to be, like, like over the goalkeeper at this point. Gets ahead on the ball and puts it in. And, I mean, the Lobos managed to tie up the score. It was 2-2. It was nice, like, you know, and I thought for a minute, like, and I know they were definitely trying to find that go-ahead win uh, goal, but, I mean, 2-2, you know, on a hot day in Riverside. And let, let me tell you, like, postie. yeah, Veronica lives out there, and I'm from there. I mean, like, you know, like that that's a good effort, you know. So for the Lobos to go out to Cali, get the dub and the and the draw, not bad. Not not uh, a bad way to end your non conference play.
3: Uh Sophia Roberts is a junior.
0: Oh, see, look at that. Look at that. You got me.
3: Originally from Albuquerque. Okay. Uh, attended Grand Canyon High School. Okay or high school, Grand Canyon Well Grand Canyon U.
0: Yeah, Grand Canyon. Yeah, whatever. Okay, okay. So, you know, transfer and she's going to eventually see them so
3: i did see them
0: or did see them you're right you're right that was one of the matches
3: that was her return that was her return
0: that's right okay Uh, okay
3: so uh no i uh i think for for unm i thought it was i i think it's one of those results that you're like damn really like a draw like we probably should have walked away with the figurative three points right like right um but that is definitely a result. That's definitely something you want to see uh, going forward. Uh, I I got to uh, read some of Heather Dyke's uh, uh, response to the game, uh, and uh, she was very she was very proud of the way that, that, that the Lobos played. Like she said, "Hey, like we came in and we did what we needed to do, and you know, the scoreline kind of wasn't where we wanted it to be, but." Uh, I think if you're down two nil, especially uh, fighting back in the heat, that's a hard thing to do. So yeah, exactly. I think if I think if you're UNM, M, you're sitting there saying, definitely don't like the res- the scoreline results, but definitely like the performance.
0: Right. Well, and and, and you know that those ladies weren't trying to come come back from Cali without that, right. without like a point or some sort of positive result from that. I mean, they had already done the job in San Diego you know right. and i'm sure it was like we haven't come this far for this you know like right we're 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 uh catching flights we're surfing waves and we're definitely trying to you know we're trying to bring some points back right we're trying to some activity. Yeah, you know, California dreams into realities, right? It's just right there. You, you go, know, like, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, so the Lobos have some time off. Like, I believe their next match, their conference match, isn't until the 22nd. Yeah, awesome. Wyoming.
3: That's a long, that's a good, that's a good week's or so rest, which is good, right? It's good, especially about after a little long road trip. So,
0: yeah, Wyoming, um, just kind of looking at their schedule. Up until now, they got one win in their preseason. It was against North Dakota State uh, University, uh, 3-1 win. Other than that, they did lose 1-3 to uh, to UTEP. I uh, thought you might want to know about that. Uh, they tied 1-1 to North Dakota, 2-2 to University of Montana. Uh, they lost 1-4 to Oregon State University, and then, of course, lost uh, zero to two to Northern Colorado. So, um, before they play the Lobos, they'll play, I think their last non-conference match against university of St. Thomas. I'm sure the Lobos will watch that match, right. Just to kind of see what they just did, you know, and, uh, Wyoming's definitely got a tough start going from the Lobos right into San Diego state and then Utah state. So that's a very tough three to start. Um, for for them but uh nonetheless Lobo's got some time to rest like I said you know we think that they're doing well and uh we'll just continue to wait to see what happens right
3: and I think I think UNM I think UNM let's be honest let's put all four New Mexico teams that we talked about they are in prime position to make a lot of noise within their conferences, right? They have their own bells and whistles that they have that are working for them. And MSU's got their defense and midfield that's been working for them. The UNM's has their forwards that have been putting some goals in. Eastern has definitely built into a philosophy, and Highlands has uh, built into that defense and, and trying to figure out what's right. And so I think for all four teams, they definitely have. Great possibilities looking forward. I don't know what the polls were for the Mountain West. What were the, you know, what the preseason polls were looking like? Where are we having the, the Lobos at?
0: Let me uh, let me check that out. And while I'm checking that out, um, I will ask you this question: uh, How would you fare each team's non-conference play? I know we kind of alluded a little bit to it, but. Um, and, and let me, I guess, let me change the question to, since we kind of were talking about that, are there any storylines you're anticipating for this season while I'm looking up the preseason rankings for the Mountain West Conference?
3: Uh, I'm going to wait to to answer that one for UNM uh, and, uh, until the, I, I hear these preseason rankings. Because, in fact, I, I, I think that the UNM's in a good spot. I think the biggest thing is that NMSU finishes top three in the WAC. Uh, I think that is what I'm I'm anticipating. I, I think that they're in a great spot. To, um, I think they'll beat the teams that they need to beat, and they'll fight the teams that they need to really put some games against. Uh, Utah Valley, GCU, and uh, Utah or not? Is it Utah State?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, against Utah State. So. Okay. i I got um,
0: the. Uh, I got the predicted order of finish. When you're ready. Okay. Okay. So they got. Uh... So we got 11 votes for New Mexico to finish number one.
3: Sounds about right to me. That's what I had. That's what I'd
0: figured. And, and then you know, there's 12 teams in the conference. So who, who we will, we'll figure out right now who didn't vote for them, right? Uh, so San Diego State <laughs> picked to finish second. Okay. And then Boise State has one vote, I'm guessing one first place vote. Okay. Um. But they're they're predicted to finish third. third. If that's what the numbers and the brackets next to the teams are, then essentially. Oh yeah, Louisville's got 11 1st place votes. So essentially, someone was a little stingy with that with that one vote.
3: <laughs> I'm going to bet. Uh,
0: do you let's think let's... Boise State was like, nah, we're going to finish first?
3: You know what? Is that nah? Do you vote for yeah, yourself? Maybe.
0: Do you vote for yourself? True. True. Uh,
3: there you go. Oh, or, I, I am. I'm voting for myself. I always vote for myself. Or, or no do you think? Do you
0: myself. think? Do you think one of the? Do you think uh, someone? I mean, I think
3: shamelessly. I think it was Air Force.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: Okay. Air so, Force or Colorado State. Someone was okay, like, no. we'll, fi- <laughs> we'll find out which one of
0: those two. We'll, those we'll two. find out in the matches, right? Um, okay. So Boise State picked to finish third. Uh, Fresno State picked to finish fourth. Utah State fifth. UNLV sixth. Colorado State 7th, 8th is San Jose State, uh, tied for 9th with Wyoming is Nevada, 11th is Colorado College, and then 12th is Air Force. So that is that was based on, our back from August 10th, um, based on the preseason favorites, predicted order of finish.
3: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know if this is anticipating or expected, but UNM to win the Mountain West, return to the promised land, uh, and uh, we'll see what awaits them. Okay. I will tell cool. you now that as a Florida State fan, I think we talked about this with the football teams last week. Yeah. As a Florida State fan, uh, I would not want to play Florida State. Right. They are me. they are tearing people up.
0: Well, and here, let's let's not forget this. The Mountain West Tournament is in Albuquerque again this year because of the fact that Lobos won it last year. So, I mean, as long as right. they – if they can maintain the dominance, I mean, that tournament's going to keep sitting here. And that, I will say to the listeners, the the Mountain West Championship game that was hosted at at the uh, UNM Soccer Complex was amazing. That, that match was amazing. It was – sold out i want to say if i'm not mistaken was something like 1500 uh fans there in the stadium and if i remember it too it was cold very cold and at some point probably even rained and it was just it was everything it needed to be Lobo's definitely performed and you know, they got the dub at home, of course, but it definitely it went some extra period of time, too. So uh, I was a good one. So nice. now that we're talking storylines, um, I think Highlands just like literally like just turns up man. I think Highlands turns up, you know, uh, just starts just I think that the goals are coming. I think that's a big one. I think. Um,
3: like you, said we said this. I think as soon as they find that, you sometimes you just gotta hit the back of the net and go, okay, that felt good. Like, right,
0: right. I I think that there will be. We pointed out Mercedes Mercedes Morris, yes, to be an emerging freshman uh, answering Carl's question, um, for the Lobos, and I still think she turns up. I think that we'll find the next the next um, emerging players for the Lobos. You know, right now, I mean, obviously, Jaden's having a fun time. Zaria's trying to get back to where she was. Leilani is definitely, you know, wanting to turn up a little bit, too, in her last season. But I think that we'll see some of the younger players really come through. So I think it's that'll be something that'll be, like, a storyline for the Lobos is who's next.
3: Definitely. I think for Eastern, we're looking at uh, total buy-in. I think that's what I'm going to look at is, okay. you know and understood the assignment like we were talking about for what your pre-conference schedule looks like and the things that you want to take away. And I think for Eastern, it's total buy-in and total domination because I think that they will fare well. Will they win the conference? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what other teams. Too that, early to, to say, but we'll see. But we'll see. But they will definitely be a team that you are not going to. I think the, that they'll find that goal, that comeback goal, and it'll definitely be a team that you are fighting for. If you have to go to Eastern, or if you have to go to Portales, you are fighting for that for that goal, and you're fighting for that win. So I think Eastern's in a great spot.
0: What are you thinking for New Mexico State?
3: I'm thinking New Mexico State has a lot on their plate. Uh, Bart's uh, is definitely in the best position this year. Uh, I they they were picked to pick to finish fifth uh, in the WAC, uh, and uh, I expect them to finish third. I, I that's where I'm thinking is. Uh, uh, and it was Southern Utah, not Utah State I was thinking of it. It was Southern nope. Utah is the was the other team that's been playing pretty well. Okay. Now. So um, I think if you're the Aggies, I think you continue the, the, uh, the hype train and you just chug along. I think you carry that forward. And uh, definitely if you're the Aggies, you're saying we can win this conference uh, if we do everything right. And I think that they've done everything right. So... So, now now the big one is you circle that one. I think you circle that one for uh obviously Utah Valley that first one and then see what that what that result is and then uh heads high moving forward no matter the result win win draw or loss.
0: Nice. And so on the next episode Patrick, you and I will basically preview um the full conference seasons uh play for uh, the four teams, obviously, I know you'll do Highlands and, and the Lobos, or sorry, oh. <laughs> Highlands and the Agnes, <laughs> and, and I will do the Lobos, and Eastern will will preview their full schedules. Um, we'll also uh, go as far as uh, circling what we think will be um, some key dates on their schedule, um, you know, and, and try to provide a little bit of why we think those dates are key. Maybe it's um, rivalries, maybe it's past – maybe it's history of play between the teams. Um, We'll we'll look into that. And then also uh, something else that we'll be doing on the Enchanted 11 is we'll be uh, looking at players to watch. We will highlight offensive players uh, and uh, as to our best ability, defensive players. Uh, We know that the stats typically only show show, uh, the offensive half of things besides what the goalkeeper does with saves. Uh, so we'll definitely consider goals, assists, shots, shots on gold, minutes. Um, we'll look at that, but we'll also try to look at things like pass, passes, and and we'll try to look at, you know, on the defensive side, we'll try to look at tackles, and uh, we'll try to, you know, look for those players that are always in there shutting down, uh, you know, any runs uh, into the box. We'll try to, you know, we'll try to go a little bit beyond just uh, naming the whole back line and, go- and goalkeeper as the defensive s- uh, standout of the week if we possibly can, so definitely look out for that. We'll eventually try to establish polls or some sort of voting on the seek and strike and M Twitter. And, uh, you know, just try to engage, uh, you supporters of the four colleges. So definitely, uh, tune in for that. Um, Patrick, do you have any, uh, final words before we, uh, call it on this episode, uh, or this uh, this segment of the enchanted <laughs> 11 rather, uh,
3: go Aggies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, he says go Aggies. And that is, uh, that right there is going to wrap up this segment of the enchanted 11. Uh, just stick with us as we continue to, uh, develop this show. Uh, if you've got any questions for us about, uh, any of the four schools, or if there's any players that you would like for us to have on uh, the show, we will certainly try to put in the requests uh, with, uh, the, the, uh, with the programs, uh, director of communications and, um, and certainly uh, try to provide just uh, additional content for you, things that maybe you wanted to know. Um, and we're again, we're still uh, developing our logo and a theme song uh, for this show. As soon as we do, then you'll have a second show on the podcast feed. We definitely appreciate you uh, listening to this episode. Definitely follow it on Apple or Google or uh, Apple or uh, Spotify. Um, and you may also find it on other networks like Google Play and, uh, and, and anywhere else you might find your podcast. Uh, for Patrick Baca, myself, Chris Walker, you've been listening to another segment of the Enchanted 11, and we'll catch you on the next episode.
2: Yeah, they tested homies with testimonies, pretending phonies, check the essence, see my presence holy. You rentin' rollies, we a team with champion collecting trophies, glamorous gold medals, rose petals falling out the skies in cold ghettos, cold rebels with old devils, they low metal out to see the score settled. They know that I'm blessed and they wanna stretch the energy. It's like Hennessy, mixed in with jealousy or infidelities with the enemy. a record with recipes, you never seen it's messy with penalties. I'm meant to be a temple of weaponry, they checking the the melody, cause Faye be on records like felonies. our fellas be in the cut, wearing your pedigree. You better be respecting the legacy. Or you go cut a check for the remedy. A poisonous is darts, it's poignant art. I'm in the spot with a joint to spark.
0: It's a great ball in. What a visionary ball from Zidane. And seemed to trip as he went for it. Let's get into this edition of the weekly, our New Mexico United coverage. Veronica, so, man, we've got we've got a tough one on our hands. Uh, New Mexico United has lost uh, three of their last three matches. They've only won one of their last mm-hmm. five Um, And we're going into a weekend where United has to, they have to win. I mean, there's just no other clearly clear way to put it. Um, Talking about their latest run of form, uh, as I was just saying, uh, the only win that they had was against Monterey. uh, And they played, they played a good handful of teams. I'm just a little bit questionable about the RGV loss, given the fact that they're so low on the table, and we did well against Monterey, who was also down there. Um, are you? Uh, what's your take on um, not on on United not really having that sort of consistency? I mean, I understand losing to teams like Memphis, El Paso, and Colorado as far as teams that are making a run uh, late in the season. But, I mean, when you take a team like Monterey and a team like RGV and the results aren't the same, I mean, what what are you thinking?
1: I mean, I was definitely shocked at our outcome with RGV. I, it was one of those, like I, I, I said, this is going to be an easy win. Um, simply because RGB is not doing that great this season, um, so I mean, at this point, it's it's very uh, it's very up in the air with United. Um, they have the capability to do phenomenal, and they just have this missing component where they don't know how to quite bring it home.
0: Well, and along those lines, and we've kind of we've kind of left this off the discussion for several weeks at hand but we've had these conversations offline I I feel like it's a good time to just go ahead and have that conversation I know uh with head coach Zach Prince you know he has really uh through through the press meeting through the press conferences and also even during the weekly conferences is really dialed down about United's focus on The very next match and not looking too far ahead uh, into the season and not getting caught off guard with uh, lofty goals like winning any hardware um, or, you know, trying to maybe win 15 to 20 matches or really looking at, you know, how high they want to sit up on the table. Uh, They've just been really focused on, hey, you know, we currently... At this number, I think at the time that I asked the question, they were at 10 matches and they were looking forward to number 11. And And I felt like if the head coach, whether this is just coach speak that he's telling us or whether this is true, uh, the true communication that is running fluid in the locker room is if the head coach is just conveying that the only goal is to win the next game and hey, we want to host a playoff game at the number four spot, I mean, it doesn't really seem like there's a lot to shoot for if you're a player on the team. I mean, I don't know, like you came to a squad that's four years in and everyone's got the the thought or the pursuit of we're going to win a championship. But like, how do you win a championship? I mean, if there's no bridge in between the championship and where you're currently at in the season, like there's no path. What, what What's your thought on that?
1: it's it's almost like we saw a shift um with zach um when he first you know was announced as coach he came out in a very um conquering mode as in we're we're gonna take it all the way this time
0: and i'll admit i was definitely at first i was like "Mm, i'm not sure like i you know i you know someone he's a real good salesman but man the more and more that i heard him on shows being interviewed, he was like, "We're gonna go, we're gonna get a championship." And I made this fourth pillar, action, mm-hmm. and and I'm thinking to myself, like, action wasn't already a fourth pillar before. Like, it was the invisible one, wasn't it? I mean, like, we weren't we weren't acting before. What were we doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, he he definitely came out a lot more aggressive in his you know talk about we're gonna get that championship, and everybody got hyped up. Everybody was, was on the, uh, this is exactly what we need. This, this is a person that that we need to take us there. And now kind of going in towards the end of the season, we're kind of seeing a shift in even, even how he speaks about our need to win or to not win.
0: Very much so. I mean, uh, more recently, I mean, I attended one of the, uh, the, uh, tactics with coach or, uh, you know, was in the, in the past, uh, head, head, former head coach, uh, Troy Lassane would do these coffees with coach and he would share a little bit of the week's strategy and really try to, um, kind of from a, a bird's eye or overview, kind of, share a little bit of strategy and and how things go in the locker rooms and 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 i believe the presentation that zach presented was was great i mean it was definitely like hey we're all on on the team at the dealership and and you're showing us the numbers that we need to achieve and and how each of our departments can uh partake in this goal and at the end of the week boom we're gonna hit this this part and you know, and I mean, it, like I said, it was a great presentation uh, for us. I believe that he there were things that I definitely took away. Uh, I would have loved to have at least had a photo of. And, and I'm not even talking about the formations. I'm just talking about simply the grid, the way he looked at the pitch, the way he divided it into like 20 pieces. I mean, that's great. I would have taken that. But um, but he went into the formations and. And that definitely shed some light. I think it does change the way you as a supporter watches the game, because now you're focused on, did they go wide? Are they playing wide? Are they playing narrow? You know, and I think for the most part, but I think a lot of supporters already kind of know that for the longest time, United has played very central. They have played right up the, uh, the central lane. Zach would call that the middle space or, uh, the two, um, the two half spaces, he would call that. They've definitely done a lot of their activity in the high, mid-high blocks, as he would also uh, kind of point out. Um, so, I, I, like I said, like I think his presentation has affected me, if you will, right? Um, but going beyond that, um, I had asked him, I said, hey, like, man, this game with El Paso, it's it's like a must win. Like, man, this is one we can't lose because – Everyone shares that sentiment in the United Nation. We have to win on the Darby del Camino Real mm-hmm. days. Like we just we do. Like that's a rivalry. That's a Derby. Like we have to win. Don't get don't get me wrong. Like losing derbies, not like you want to do that, but that definitely does fuel the fire for the next one, right? And uh, right. and as we can all kind of project. That next one will probably be in the postseason with El Paso making a run right now, and we're kind of trying to find our gear.
1: You know, that that must have been a pretty cool, cool uh, sit-in to be in um, to kind of hear, kind of like a—I don't know—were you guys able to ask questions or?
0: Yeah, we were able. We we were definitely able to ask him questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, questions stemmed around how lineups were chosen or talk to us about sub sub choices, you know, to which he did, I mean, give like very, you know, very accurate answers. I mean, he chooses the best 11 for that match. And in some instances he has to factor in rest and he has to obviously look at injuries. So, I mean, you know, he did give us some of those things, but, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes we see the games different than he does. Right. I mean, You know, we're we're you know a lot of us supporters are standing behind the goal, but the difference between where we're standing and where he's standing is so different. I -hmm. mean, he's seeing things from a side view on a flat surface, right? So he can't necessarily Mm -hmm. see the depth of the pitch. You know, he's got to probably trust that he can uh, see parts of it. He's relying on his staff that are in other parts of the stadium that are uh, you know clipping parts of the game so that they can look at it. But I mean, we're standing behind the goal. We're seeing it at an angle lifted from the ground. So now that he's given us some tools, I mean, obviously those things are going to we're going to be able to utilize those things. Um, My only thing with the must win uh, piece, as I put upon him, was he was like, well, you know how I feel about that. You know, like, you know, the minute that you start thinking that a game is a must win, all the negativity comes in and then. You know, and he's like, that's just not a way that I can do it. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, props to Zach as far as trying to keep it positive and trying to not get boxed in. Um, But I mean, it's the game, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's the beautiful I mean, game. He played it like I mean, there's a rivalry that he he's had mm-hmm. between, uh, you know, Charleston and Pittsburgh, the black and yellow, I'm sure. They won some, they lost some, but when he was a player, I'm sure it was like we want to win all of them.
4: <laughs>
1: I, I was going to say, I mean, who who jumps on a team and says, "Well, let's see, <laughs> you know, let let's see what happens. It doesn't matter if we win." I mean, I, I wonder, I wonder where where that mentality is is centered on.
0: I mean, I think he's just trying to keep it. Uh... You know, just very feng shui, just very balanced, you know. And uh, if it's, if you know, I mean, it's, we see that he doesn't dwell on the games. Like, you know, that one was like off his back probably like moments after it happened. He's already thinking about the next one. But the supporters, and that's something I really try to convey, is the supporters are going to sit with that for a little bit, you know. Like, we don't, we're not just letting that one Fall off the shoulder, and we're thinking about mm-hmm. the next one. We're like, damn, dude, we didn't win against El Paso. Here's a team that we went down to their stadium. We traveled a hundred strong to support the team. You know, the team did well, they performed well. El Paso even had fireworks go off. I'm so glad our front office didn't plan fireworks. Jeez, could you imagine <laughs> that? Like a tit for tat. Like that would not be good. And so uh, you know, uh, it was great to walk out of that stadium with that dub, you know,
4: mm-hmm. I just wish
0: we would have stayed overnight and actually enjoyed the city a little bit, right but Definitely. um, but to walk out of our own stadium with the l, I'm just mm-hmm. glad we didn't have fireworks. That's all I'm saying <laughs>
1: um yeah and and you know here's another thing that you know a a coach's a coach's thought um impacts his players doesn't
0: it yeah i mean like you know if they're look if he's laid it out the way he has so then the players also kind of are subscribed right like hey we're not gonna dwell on this like i mean like just think about it like this is your i mean you know we all have we all work a job outside of you know our hobbies right so i mean Mm -hmm. you know it works like hey look you know like i mean like, a lot of places are very forgiving. Like, it's like, hey, look, we're, we're going to do this. And, you know, some things aren't, maybe aren't going to happen on time. And, you know, we're going to just roll with the punches. And, I mean, I get that. Like, I'm in, a, I'm in an environment like that. And, uh, and it's very nice to know that, uh, you know, management has got your back. And, uh, you know, but on the same token, you know, as the employee, you're also thinking, like, man, what can I do for next time? Like, how can I be better how can i use my time like you know you're 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 optimistic in those regards and and mm-hmm. you you almost like want to battle your previous self like it's like you know like your only competition is yourself some some as something that people say right and so right. you know you just wonder okay if it, the team has lost three in a row um, they've lost you know four of the last five they're coming into a Match with San Antonio, San Antonio's top of the table. This is one you want. This is a game you want to win, especially now with San Antonio being so hot. If you go mm. into this match and you're like, well, we're going to go ahead and give it our all, but you know, look, if we don't win it, not a big deal. We still got another, you know, four matches to follow this. You know, we just need to get 55 points. It's like, okay, but you realize. Currently, your max points that you can get is 57, and if you don't win, you can only get 54. So now, now it's a little different. So I don't—I just think that I would hope, along the lines of what you were saying with, you know, a coach's uh, philosophy and players buying in, I would hope that his philosophy is like, hey guys, look, I know I said, let's worry about one match at a time, but guys, we need to do something different. We need to win the next five matches. You know, we need to buy in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I hope this plan has changed.
1: Right. We don't have an option. We have to win at this point. And it's, that's that's where I have problems with that mentality. Because, you know, as as a person in management, you know, I want my team to succeed every single time. And, yeah, there, there are days where you have to like all of the elements are stacked against you and you just say okay well you know what we got the next one but in general i mean you you want to set your team up for success and um now we're in this now we're in a situation where we have to win if if we don't win we might not even get fourth place
0: well i mean right now right now we're in fifth and we're in danger of there possibly go. sliding into sixth. I mean, fourth place right now is, is uh, a little bit out of reach for us and so not by much. I mean, Sacramento is sitting with 46 points. We're sitting with 42. Hmm. We need some help from Sacramento, but right now, um, you know, we need to worry about ourselves too. We need to be, right. we need to take care of our part of the pie and, And that's something that's got to happen kind of naturally. Let's, let's crack into another, another topic here. Uh, It was funny as we were just talking the last segment, I was like, oh man, let's, we got to, we got to, we got to change the energy in the room here uh, (laughs) because you know, we're we're not even at work when we're talking about it, but you know.
1: Well, I mean, look, we we're both like super like United fans, right? Like we're down for our team. We, I mean, I'm out here in California and I rep United gear and I rep United and, and I know you, you do the same out there. So it's kind of like, we believe in, we do believe in our team at the end of the day, we support them no matter what, you know, win, lose or draw, we'll, we'll, we'll be supporting the team. Um, we just, we just want to see that fight back, you know?
0: Yeah. and I mean, you know, it's not all doom, doom, doom and gloom, of course but. Not. But of course we gotta talk about this next thing. Uh, so lately we have seen probably the better lineup that you would wanna see on paper. We got the big four, we got Chris Weehan, Kevon Freder, Armando Moreno, and uh Tabor Taka Preston. That's mm. probably the top four you want to see uh, for most United supporters. I won't say all because I know everyone's got some folks wanna see Brucey where where Preston's playing and other folks want to see Swartz. And and so, you know, y'all can definitely, you know, we want you to be representative in that thought. But I think this is like the big four. I mean, I think Preston brings a lot of speed and pace to his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's undeniable. And I think that, uh, you know, as he just hones in more on his finishing, obviously that's a big thing for us. But um, so the best lineup, but I just feel like the products that the, the super lineup is putting out is is the worst product, and 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 what I'm gonna talk about mainly is the goals allowed. I mean, in the last five games, uh, we have allowed seven goals. Oh, I'm sorry, my math is wrong. We have allowed eight goals, and um, and and I just kind of looked at them here. I mean, I, you remember the two goals we allowed against Memphis. Memphis came mm-hmm. in as number two team, and they were trying to get into the number one spot um chasing loose city. So that was a game they were definitely vying for. Uh they probably wanted it more than we did. Um Monterey, hey, we were able to deny Monterey any goals. So woohoo. Yay. And then uh uh Colorado Springs, Shout we went up there. Quick. <laughs> yeah, Colorado Springs. Uh, you know, they scored one goal. Uh, mm. but not anymore. And they probably definitely could have scored like three or four more. So um, I, su- I suppose we should kind of see the defensive holiday uh the 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 defense as a su- we should celebrate the defense defense I no should completely say. yeah um uh El paso uh we allowed we gave up two um and then rgv uh we allowed three and and the i think i think with the rgv game uh, it i just don't know if didn't. It didn't feel like a full effort, right? I mean, we're not even really uh, – I mean, we'll, we'll talk about – I guess we can just kind of talk about it now. It's just kind of all, like, happening together at this point. But um, I just didn't feel like we really showed up to that game. Um, the goals that RGV scored just seemed like – did we stop play? Like, were our guys too focused on, like – on being like extra judges on the pitch, because it just seemed like <laughs> we were, we were doing that thing. Like, okay, I understood we got we didn't get some calls against El Paso, mm-hmm. and so we were gonna kind of help help the pro referees like make some calls. But I mean, God, the second goal that that they got scored on, there were like six United players standing in a circle with each other. Right, like, that was painful to watch,
1: and they just kicked it over and. And landed it in.
0: Right. Like six. It's like players. it was do
1: you realize that, that was that was literally like a pass?
0: Yeah, it was it was like he
1: kicked he kicked it from midfield over everybody. And then it got shot in.
0: Oh, you're talking about the first goal.
1: Was that the first goal?
0: Yeah, you're talking about the yeah. first RGV goal with uh, Ikaza.
1: That was that was impressive for me.
0: Yeah, he <laughs> he makes a run like just past Alexi Swai, and literally, uh, you know, gets the ball on his on his foot and and puts it right in um, past Tombakis. And a goal like that, like really, I mean, it happens because obviously, you know, like in in the entr- in the earlier moments of the match, like Ikaza figures out the back line's not really very not very fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Swai is definitely very fast he's faster than maybe like a Alex Hamilton? But oh, yeah. I mean, or not Alex. why am I saying that? What
1: are you thinking? Uh, I'm think. I'm thinking. <laughs> thinking I'm,
0: I'm, I'm thinking. Sam Hamilton. You gotta excuse me. It's like it's like twelve twelve thirty on a Saturday, and I'm drinking Red Bulls to try to stay awake. Um, so you gotta. It's you know, like I think Icaza's like. Look, I am. I got speed on this guy. Like I can beat him to this mm-hmm. this this space and. He does that, you know. I mean, there's nothing tactical more to say about it. Like Alexi got, got beat there.
1: Yeah, and it I, it seemed like United thought that they were gonna run it up the center because that's where they were focusing all of their attention to. And um they said, nope, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw it over you guys.
0: Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I really don't even want to talk about this one just because it's like But you know what? There's nothing there's nothing that really came out of the match that was good. They had very little chances. Um, very little shots for that matter. And the goals to me were not goals like I mean, I wouldn't say they were spectacular. I mean, Amondo Moreno gets a goal that was great that we scored it, but even he takes two seconds, and we know from the El Paso match, he likes to get the ball squared up and see, like, as much of the net as he can. But as he took the shot, like, it clearly could have been deflected by an RGB player and not even gone in. So it was like he took too long, but, I mean, what do you do? Like, you get the ball, you, you want to get it in. I understand the urgency was there for him. Glad that it went in, but, man, it was definitely, like, that window was closing quick on him.
1: Well, he he had like that slight hesitation, and um, I remember seeing it. And when, of course, when they replayed it and everything, but I was like, it's like he he saw his instinct was was to have kicked it in right away, and he's like, it's like, and, but I think his like mental just kind of went like made him hesitate for a second. Um, had his instinct not kicked back in, he, we we would have had that goal blocked by RGB.
0: Yeah, Um, and I mean, like I said, getting back to things here, the goals, like, mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't spectacular by our GV. It was just like, I don't know if we just weren't in it. Like, you know, everyone has a bad day at work. Like, I don't think the guys were into it. Like, I mean, the pitch was wide. That was a long distance for them to cover. They were playing, they've been playing wide on their own pitch. That was too much distance for them. And clearly... I mean, you know, the humidity has a fact as a part of it. Like, they just look run down. You know, it looks kind of like LA Galaxy all over again. And, uh, you know, that second goal that was scored, I said, like there was six United players in the aftermath just kind of standing around trying to, you know, all point out who should have got it. And that's embarrassing, you know. And, uh, you know, like watching that one, like I – I didn't even rewatch this match and I normally watch them over like a couple times just to kind of pick out other things that we might have missed uh, to talk about. But this one, no. I mean, I watched the highlights and I was like, Oh, this sucks. (laughs) I mean, it's it's funny because
1: yeah, I I ended up doing the same thing. I like, so, you know, we have our, we have our uh, watch the match live thing right and and you're able to be there for most of them live and I'm I'm watching them as they're happening and then we kind of like we know we have that initial excitement or or sadness about watching these matches and then we go back and we look at them again um I I couldn't bring myself to look at this one again <laughs> so it's yeah. funny that you say that because I just and I and I kept saying and I think I kept telling you I'm like like oh yeah I'm going to sit down and re- And every time I clicked on it I just I just couldn't do it so I ended up with highlights and <laughs> reading a couple of articles
0: well um, it just wasn't it just wasn't a good idea to be setting a, an offside trap very high like you're playing on a wide pitch you have your defenders set pretty high and you, you're playing against players who earlier in the match have already broke the line on you a few times and you couldn't catch them that should have been probably an early indication that, hey, we probably need to play a little bit back, or, hey, we probably need to change the back line. We need to have a little shirts policy in play, because when that third goal comes by, it's Alexi also ultimately running back between two players, trying to figure out which side to play. He does right to play, obviously, the guy closer to him, thinking that maybe you know Alex will probably cover the other angle. And then between the two of them, they could probably stop a potential shot on goal. But, you know, the pass is made to uh, Fieldberg, and he... Uh, has Tambakis on the near side and obviously shoots wide. You know, could Alexi Swai have maybe still kept his run and still tried to get behind Alex? I'm sure that's what he was going for, but, I mean, he just wasn't able to get there. And, you know, like in other instances, we have seen where Alex was out out high and, and, you know, Rashid Tete has been in the back and he's been, like, super sweeper and he's, like, saved, like, some balls from going across the line. And we just didn't have that this time.
1: Right.
0: So, I mean, you know, the RGV game, to me, it was a watch. Like, we looked at that game. We previewed it. I went on a podcast with uh, Ray Silva of Pro Sports RGV, and we talked about that game. It was a big six points, obviously, for RGV to be able to try to make a little bit of a last-ditch uh, effort to move up the table to try to get into a playoff spot. And for United, it was a chance for us to get uh, three points closer to clinching a spot, and now we're still um, hanging out like trying to figure out how to get there. We need 13 points to happen, and we've got five matches to do that in. So, I mean, that's 15 points, and you know, and 13 we need, so we basically just have to win and not rely on any draws. So... Let's, uh, I think the one thing I really wanted to talk about um, in regards to the goals against, and this last point I really want to make on that, I guess, is like I think the back line for the most part has been pretty consistent. Uh, I was kind of tracking like who was on the back line. In Memphis, it was Swartz, Ryden, Seymour, and Tete. We remember Seymour got injured or had the head injury, so obviously – he had to come out. So then it was Swartz, Ryden, Sway, and then Hamilton. And uh then Swartz comes out of that. It's Raiden, Sway, and then Hamilton, right? So then Colorado, right? And that that performance was just like, ah nah. So then El Paso, it's Swartz, Raiden, Swai, and Tete. Um and then and then Ovuka was in the El Paso match. He was just lined up as uh, and actually, you know what? He Swartz wasn't. I don't remember Swartz being in that. He was if he was in that lineup, he was definitely not lined up in the back for El Paso. I wonder if that was an error on Fop, Fop Mobs part. Um, I mean we
1: can we can Google it really fast.
0: Can look at the lineup mm-hmm. for El Paso, El Paso. but swipe. Uh, I do remember um, Ovuka being more of a winger and also dropping back to, pay, to play that fourth body in the back. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is I, I, I know we've seen a couple of matches with, uh, with Raddy Ovuka um, playing that, uh, that winger, that kind of drop back uh, position. And I could kind of say that, that maybe it's better to have Raddy as that winger that goes up into the attacking third, kind of like what Suggs was doing. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that we do need to see uh Will Seymour uh, return into the back line. Like I think we need to see that. We've had him on the lineup a few times and and I, I think that we need that. I think the the, the best backline we could probably have would be Will Seymour, Kaylin Ryden, Alexis Swai and and uh, Rishi Tete. Okay,
1: so Schwartz was not in that lineup for El Paso.
0: Okay. And see, that's what was... I was... Yeah, good. That's what I was thinking, but like I said, I looked at Fot Mob and it told me something else. So hmm. Ooh. <laughs> get
1: it together, Fot Mob.
0: That's it, right? <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get that going. Um, so I just think that, you know, if we got we got the best lineup, we need to get it we need to get a better product. And so to me, the back line needs a lot of work. It just hasn't been looking stout. Okay. I would
1: agree with you.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's let's go into some happier things, right? Let's change the energy here, right? So, chances, shots. You know, I'm talking about the big four, right? Ever since Weehan, Freyder, Moreno, and and Preston got back together, how have things looked for us? Um, well, when we played Memphis, uh, we had two chances and we had five shots from the big four. Um, when we played Monterey, we had six chances and 11 shots from the big four. So was, to me, obviously Monterey was a, was a match that we highlighted as, Hey, that was a good, that was a good effort. Um, Colorado two chances, two shots. Obviously we know like I was there in person, we know what it was like. It just, we just, it wasn't a good day for United El Paso, uh, 10, 10 chances, nine shots that was a stellar performance from United obviously didn't get the calls of the ref. What could you do? But I mean, honestly, I thought that that should have been a dub for us. Um, but I mean, as far as they were concerned, like they had a great game and I just thought that that would carry into RGV and it didn't, we only had one chance created in five shots um, in RGV. So, I mean, that performance kind of rings back to like Colorado and Memphis. I mean, when you frame those three matches together, it's like, okay, that's we—that's how we played, you know. Mm-hmm. A, the team just outmatched us. So that kind of brings us to this week's match, right? So dun, dun, dun. It, it is currently match day, United fans. So get oh my that. gosh,
1: it is match day!
0: Yeah, holy cow! So, <laughs> right it's match day so break out your kits get your get your flags out do all the yeah, things yeah i got
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna be wearing my new my new kit that i that i finally got my hands on
0: do all the things you do on match day united fans and be extra superstitious because we need to get that win today so uh new mexico is playing san antonio fc and i pulled out Some factoids. I just try to keep it very brief here. Uh, We don't need to get too deep into the details. But San Antonio is coming into, or uh, sorry, New Mexico is going into San Antonio. San Antonio has lately been on a run. Uh, They are 3-1-1 in their last five, coming off of two wins. Uh, So they are looking to obviously make that three. Uh, They are uh, one win away from essentially um, securing a home field Advantage spot through uh, the Western Conference Final uh, for Toyota Field. So they are definitely looking for that win. Uh, They're currently top of the table, sitting with 63 points. Uh, The last time that United faced them, it was a 1-0 win for them at the Lab. Uh, Head-to-head, which is very interesting between these two teams, Um, the matches have been decided by a clean sheet seven out of eight times. United has won five of the eight of them. But with United's current form, to say, hey, because United has won five out of eight appearances against San Antonio, we should be fine, is not good enough. Uh, San Antonio is number one in the category of conceding the least amount of goals per match, with the number being 0.8. United is sitting in 10th with 0. 0.12 and we know that we have definitely allowed at least one or two goals in almost every match this season.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, San Antonio is number three with 14 clean sheets. United sitting at number 13 with six. They are number two with 20 clearances per match, which means that their uh, defenders are very busy and keeping balls out of their final third. Uh, United is sitting at number 16 with 14. Um, San Antonio is last in pass accuracy, so perhaps Zach has done his homework there, and he is going to do a high press and try to keep their pass accuracy uh, from ever being successful in this match. Uh, that would definitely be one blow to their uh, to their game plan. Uh, they are number two in possession one in their final f- in the final third. Um, their impact players that I am highlighting for this match: Mil- Mitchell Tainter. Uh, Mitchell Tainter, a.k.a. Mitch Don't Kill My Vibe, um, my favorite record by Kendrick Lamar. Um, uh, Carter Manley, Deshane Beckford, uh, Christian Pirano, who returned from the team, um, who obviously is one to – he's very dangerous. Like, he's one who can definitely put some goals past Tanvakis. Look, you can go back and watch the tape. There's definitely some painful moments of watching some San Antonio matches. Uh, Santiago Patino. Interesting enough, I feel like Patino really hadn't played United a lot of the times that he was due to be a threat to us. So he'll be out there, and uh, and we'll see um, his uh, his impact on the game. So that is kind of a quick blow through on San Antonio. It's very simple. United supporters, we need to win. That's it. We got to mm-hmm. win. Anything else ain't good enough. So lastly, we're all, we, we've talked a little bit about it. We know USL dropped a playoff schedule. Um, the number, the magic number to get into the playoffs, I said it, 55. That is the number. Okay. So going through, I'm going to go through the Western Conference table right now. I'm going to let you know basically who we've got to look out for and kind of what we're we're up against, right? So Um, currently, obviously we know San Antonio currently sitting with 63 points. Their max potential is 81 points. Last time we played them, obviously we lost. So the probability of getting that win is a little bit more greater for a little, uh, the probability of getting that win, I should say is a little bit lower, but it's definitely, we need to definitely like climb the hill there. San Diego sitting with 52 points. Currently their max total could be 67. Last time we played them, we got a draw at the lab. So we're going to need to ultimately turn that one into a dub. Colorado is sitting with 51 points. Uh, their max uh, total they can get is 66 points. They're obviously currently chasing San Diego for that second place spot. Sacramento is sitting with 46 points. Their max potential is 64. We would love for Sacramento to start losing games so that we have a chance to probably slide up into fourth place and still host a playoff game because that is a big thing in the United Nation. Um. Something, uh, And then uh, El Paso's got 40 points. Um, they are sitting in sixth place. Their max potential is 52, so they can't really get past us unless we lose games. And then uh, Las Vegas is sitting in seventh with 37 points. 55 is their max total. And the last time we played them, we got the win earlier in the season. Now, that is the top seven. Now the thing that I highlighted is this. We don't play Sacramento again. We don't mm. play El Paso again. So our max points won't be like won't be affected by El Paso, won't be affected by Sacramento. Who could they be affected by? Las Vegas, Colorado, San Diego, San Antonio. Um the teams who sit above us. San Antonio, San Diego, Colorado, Sacramento. They've won the two out of their last three games, with exception to San Diego, who's lost the last three.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: San
0: Diego's is definitely um,
1: struggling at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're struggling.
0: Yeah. And they're in danger of sliding down to third, maybe even fourth, depending on uh, their run of form. Mm-hmm. So it could very well be a San Diego, New Mexico vibe, <laughs> you know, in the playoffs <laughs> as far as those two teams. Now, going below the line, this is where it got even more interesting. LA Galaxy is sitting with 36 points. 51 is their max total. RGV, 36. 54 is their max total. Uh, they have a higher playoff chance just because, again, if United loses one or two matches and and El Paso loses and everything lowers the ceiling for the teams, teams like RGV, who can get 54 points and actually surpass the teams, have a higher, greater chance of the playoffs. Oakland's got 36 points. They can get 51. We don't play them again. We don't play RGV again either. That's why I should have had to point out. Monterey, um, 35 points. They can get 56. The most points of a team sitting under the line, if Monterey goes on a run, uh, they can do well. Um, they would have even higher playoff chance than uh, RGV at that matter. Phoenix is sitting with 32 points. They can get 50. They're, they're needing help from the rest of the, the teams. Orange County's got 31, and the total they can get 46. So, I mean, the moment that all teams get uh, 47 points, I mean, Orange County's out. Um, we're still going to see Phoenix hanging around until, like I said, until, someone, until most of the teams get 51 points. So um, the West, for some reason, is very close together. Uh, I wish that the Western Conference looked a lot more like the Eastern Conference. It just doesn't. I guess that makes it more exciting in the end of the season. I mean, what's your think about, what's your thought about that?
1: I mean, it's, it's a little more exciting because you, everybody's so close that it's really up for grabs, right? Like it's, um, but I, I think the mentality for all the teams is, is basically everybody has to win their matches. Uh, we can't, uh <laughs> you know definitely for us over here with united we have to win our matches and, and I, but mean, I mean who knows like if if san diego loses another two matches and that knocks them down moves us up that's that's where it becomes you know fun you know
0: yeah i mean honestly you know if if everyone could win out they would but we know this thing is going to get <laughs> very messy here in the in the coming weeks i mean Mm-hmm. this San Antonio match if 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 everyone Man. in the United Nations goes into the match thinking hey we got this to me like I want to know what you're on because I want some of that but like <laughs> I just honestly think that could we win yeah it's possible we can win do a mm-hmm. lot of things have to go right yeah of course I mean look like when we played Phoenix when Phoenix was dominant that we had to do a lot of things right. You know, Troy never sold us short on that. He told us, like, hey, look, like, you, you make a couple of mistakes and they're going to make you pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some damn near perfect games against Phoenix, but then he made an, a mistake happen and then, bam, the game complexity changed. So, I mean, you know, the probability of them just, you know, of, like the odds are against us, sure, but can we go in and get a win? Yeah. Would it be a statement win? Hell yeah we just got to do it.
1: Exactly, we just we just got to got to win.
0: I mean, you know, we're just going to watch it. We're going to eat chicken and waffles and we're going to
1: I don't have chicken and waffles on We're
0: going to, you know, man. We're going to cheer. You have
1: chicken and waffles.
0: Oh, uh, look at you are going off. We're going to we're going to cheer. We're going to be <laughs> like, "Oh, I can't believe that." And everything we're going to do 90 minutes but you know we do that because we love this team um we just really want to see this team succeed and for them not to have to go the route of um depending on other teams like we have in the past past couple of seasons
1: you know because this team it's like there's something so comforting about this team And it's it's really you know, and I'm sure other people feel that way about their teams, but there's just like this like unity that they encompass and it's I I want them, I wanna see them win. We want our team to win. Please win.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So well, Veronica, I don't even wanna I don't even wanna throw out any like match predictions for this one. I just I, let's just let's just. Invest. I I don't
1: either because I've kind of been right the last three times and <sighs> I'm starting to feel like
0: you're probably a, a you're proud you it's probably you. It's probably.
1: probably me, right? It has to be me.
0: Like, you're I, I, let's just roll into this, like head coach Zach Prince. You know what? <laughs> We're just gonna play this game. We're not gonna think about it's a must win or it's a must or we can't we can't lose. We're going to roll in and hey you know what if we come out with the dub then i guess i'm going to take back everything i just said about an hour ago so uh, and on that note uh this has been another episode of we are seeking strike podcast the weekly along with a special section of uh the the enchanted 11 uh, for patrick baka who is uh who is not with us on this episode veronica zavala and myself chris walker you've been listening to another episode we'll catch you next week
1: okay.
0: you've been listening to we are Seek and strike podcast brought to you by the beautiful game network find more usl related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek & Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com